If you uh, are new to the Bible, just go to the table of contents and turn right. If you've gotten to uh, Leviticus, you've gone too far. As we're uh, meeting here this morning, I would love it if you'd be uh, mindful and prayerful of those that are traveling today around the world um, on business and on, uh, on mission. Actually, with conduits, it's the same. There's no separating it. So when Mark Bourgeois is flying to the United Arab Emirates, he's on mission just as much as Rob and Amanda are on mission in Guatemala this morning, as much as David Whetstone is on mission in Haiti this morning, as much as... Uh, Benny Prophet is on mission on his way to Indonesia today, as much as, who am I forgetting? Mm, yep, that's why I shouldn't start rattling names, because then I look mean when I forget. So as John and Jennifer are leaving today on a plane for East Africa, uh, we are a church that, uh, that took very seriously the invitation of Jesus to go. Mark 16, Matthew 28, when he says go, it's actually that original language is as you were going. It's just assumed that we were going to be going. So be prayerful and mindful of, of those that are going, and uh, even on Father's Day, especially on Father's Day. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, if you're there this morning. I, I'm not going to have uh, the, the lovely PowerPoint presentation, so if you're waiting for that, go ahead and break out your... Uh, uh, you know, high-tech devices or your low-tech devices, as you will, uh, in Exodus chapter 3. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jericho, Jethro. Boy, it's time for the reading glasses. <laughs> that or if I had, it's either the reading glasses or I need just a longer arm. So if, whoever invents the stick that you can hold out your phone just a little bit further <laughs> wins. The flock of Jethro, the father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire. Parenthetically, whenever, if you're a student of the scriptures, you already know this. If you're new to the scriptures, whenever you see the phrase angel of the Lord in the Old Testament... It's what a lot of theologians, uh, I would include myself among those that agree as opposed to necessarily being a theologian, but I would agree with what they would say that that is a, what is called a Christophany. It's a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ on the earth. And the way that we know that, the reason that we would believe that is because when the angel of the Lord appears, oftentimes the person who encounters will bow down and worship. And an angel would reject worship, and you see that in the scriptures. Oh, no, no, get up, we're just angels, don't worship us. And so when you see this, you see the angel of the Lord, which is an appearance of Christ on the earth, and you can see in the text uh, how that is, because the Lord is gonna speak here in a minute. But he says that uh, Moses saw through the bush, though the bush was on fire, that it did not burn. So Moses thought, I'll go over there and see what it is. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, something on fire, you're a dude, you wanna go check it out. I'm going to go see what it is, see what this site is, why the bush didn't burn up. In verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Lord, would you give us your truth today, your word to just be the light that you promised the, for our path, the wisdom and that each and every one of us that come to you this morning can 
come away knowing that you love us and that you have a word for each and every one of us individually. We invite you to speak to us today and quiet our hearts to listen for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it is Father's Day. And historically, before the time of cell phones, I don't know if you know this, Father's Day was the busiest day of the year for phone service. Now, not the most calls of the day, keep in mind, but the busiest. And it was the busiest because of uh, the amount of collect phone calls being made. I'm, this is absolutely true. <laughs> the day before cell phones and prepaid phone cards that they would call home collect. And it was the busiest day of operators patching through kids calling home collect. You know, it's been said, uh, not by me, but by others, that you can tell a, f- a father by looking at his wallet and where the money used to be is pictures of the family now. <laughs> Father's Day was uh, started in 1910 by a woman in Illinois who wanted to celebrate and honor her father who had raised six kids, five of her siblings and her, after their mother had passed away. And the reason it was in June was because that was his birth month. And so it took a while and it started to take off. And by 1974, some of you guys would remember there was a time before it was actually an official holiday. This side of, uh, you know, the government honored whatever, you know, Hallmark sanctioned holiday that it is today. Incidentally, it was 58 years after Mother's Day became an official holiday that Father's Day finally got its own day, (laughs) an official. Now, in fairness, if you've been on the business end of a baby being born, look, you guys, you mamas, you have earned it, you deserve it. Every one of those 58 years that you had before we got our day, you got no complaints from me. So happy uh, Father's Day to you (laughs) and to you mothers as well because you've earned it. As I look around um, a room today in in a day like this when it's Father's Day, You know, I I know a lot of your stories, and I know that some of you guys have, you've got these amazing fathers. You know, Jeremy's dad is just one of my favorite humans of all humans. Just a good, solid guy. Just the guy that you, you know, you kind of wish that you had as your dad. And, And then some of you, your daddies have gone on to be with Jesus. Some of you at early ages. And so you've got a father in heaven spiritually and a father in heaven as part of what Paul would call the great cloud of witnesses that looks over, in in the book of Hebrews, that looks over us. And then some of you have got fathers that are, just haven't been around. And so this is a holiday, a a day to to love and to honor, and, and it's difficult for some of us, not as difficult for others. But it's not just a, a good idea to honor our parents, whether they were here or not, or whether they stayed with us, or whether they took a walk. Or, but it's a God idea to honor our parents. In fact, it's Moses here that we see in this burning bush where this voice shows up and, and speaks to him. That he would later on write, and you don't have to go there, but in Exodus 20, verse 12, when God gives him the Ten Commandments, this guy Moses would write down, honor your father and your mother. And I wonder how that must have felt to him. Because Moses, if you remember the story, was somebody whose father and mother had dropped him off in a river and sent him away in a boat. And all the logical and good reasons in the world don't matter when you're five. And so Moses is brought up in this home, in this royal palace, 
only to be chased out of town around the age of 40 years old by his new father, his stepfather, his foster father, however you want to look at it. So he's, he has not only been sent down the river, he has been deserted, quite literally, in the desert here in Exodus 3. That's where he's at, in the desert. And his father-in-law, Jethro of the Clampets, is sent him to the backside of the desert. And here is Moses with, a, with, again, a guy that would write, honor your father and mother. A guy that would then go on to write in Deuteronomy 5.16, he builds on that idea when he says to honor your father and mother, and it talks about living long on this earth. And Paul would actually use that in Ephesians 6, uh, verse 1, when he says that when you honor your, your father and your mother, that it, you know, it's the first commandment with a promise, meaning it was the first commandment that God said, if you do this, I'll do that, a, a promise that was attached to it, to honor your father and mother. But the question is for us, for you, for me, for those of us that have had great parents and great fathers and mothers, man, praise the Lord. And for those of you who have not, you're not alone. 74% of African-American children today are born into fatherless homes. That number's not very far behind amongst us Caucasians, about 50%. And I'm not speaking just of homes where there's been a divorce and where the, where the father is still present. I'm talking about, hey, dad took a walk. Dad is gone, deserted him. How can you, because God didn't say honor your father and mother if they have acted honorably. He just said honor them. And I wanted to know and prayed about and chewed on and asked the Lord this week, well, what? How? How? And I'm happy to report that I believe that Moses, if he could honor his parents and command us to, that there's a, a way, that there's a reason, that, that, that there, there's a truth for us in this, in this moment, as a matter of fact, where Moses is in this burning bush experience in the desert, that he could still honor his parents, sent away by his birth father, chased away by his stepfather. And if you are in that if you're there today, if your experience is that, I have got great news for you. Because it's in the desert, in those moments of being, you might feel deserted, the desert itself, and I mean like physically as well as metaphorically, that I believe it's in those times that God can speak to us in ways that we wouldn't hear him otherwise. Moses was sent to the desert, and it was in this desert that he received revelation. He received his calling, his ordination. I wonder if he was in town, would he have even heard it? If he was still in the royal palace, what with all the noise and the lights? And the, if you're in, in town and God's gonna show up in a burning bush, you got people to take care of that stuff. One of the servants, the manservants, call the eunuchs and the things with the fans and they'll come and put out the fire. But not in the desert, not on the backside, it's just him, ain't no Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram, no texting, no DVR, no Netflix, no Wi-Fi. Well, there's something on fire. I should go check that out. <laughs> what else are you going to do? I just had that experience, by the way, uh, literally with my daughter. We went to the Big South Fork National Park for a couple of days. 
Now, keeping in mind, I can be in a tent in a hammock in northern Togo, western Africa, and still text with my wife. But at the Big South Fork National Park, not so much. <laughs> and we're there with no electricity. We're staying at the Cherit Creek Lodge, this 200-year-old cabin. And we rode horses for a couple days for her birthday. And she said, well, it just feels like home here. I just love this. And and I, every time I've gone, I, you know, I sort of dread going in with the moment where the signal goes away and it says no service. That feeling of, oh, you know, like your legs start to, you know, tangle and like, ah. Uh. <laughs> and you have those phantom, like, did it go off? Was that something? No, no, it's gone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But I hear the Lord in ways I don't hear him when I'm in town. And I'm talking literally now. And by the way, we have 11 acres here. Maybe on your way to work, feel free to drop your car in the parking lot and your phone in the dashboard and just go and pray. Walk, walk the back acres here. You're welcome to do that. But not just physically, but I believe that in those moments metaphorically in our lives where we feel like we've been deserted, that when you think through it, John the Baptist, where did he declare the, the way of the Lord? He's coming and was in the desert, not in the, city, not in the city, not in the streets of Jerusalem. When Paul was taken away and mentored of the Lord and taught about grace and the miracle of salvation, it wasn't in Rome, it wasn't in Athens at the institution or at the seminary, it was in the deserts of Arabia. St. John, Elijah, I could go on and on. You're like, I know, Darren, I've heard you, but just over and over in the scriptures, there's this idea of the desert of this thing that happens when the Lord pulls us away. But I wonder if it isn't just a physical going away, but sometimes in our own lives, when we have been deserted, when we have been put in a place where there's pain and suffering and we can't, we're not in the place of prosperity, we're in a place of dry and arid, if there isn't something there. Because if you've been in that moment before, what you know is in through the pain and in through the suffering and in through the sorrow, you're calling on the name of the Lord in ways that you didn't before. You're depending on him in ways that you couldn't have before. In the desert. And could we honor our fathers and our mothers, even if they have deserted us, if God was then still using that as a tool, as a method to speak to us? I may not like it, but could I still honor them? Some of us, we have to have boundaries. We have to put those in place. But I can still honor them for what God has done through them. See if you can smell what I'm stepping in. This is Moses. He looks around and he sees not, not like a giant oak tree, you know, a stately pine tree or a God-forsaken Bradford pear tree. The scourge of our society. <laughs> we lost two more of them this week out here. Jim was saying, I hope the last of them we could just have a shutout and just be done with them over here. But he didn't speak from a tree like a romantic palm tree, but from a bush. And not just a bush. If you've lived around Tennessee, like we've got a couple of them on our property with these like Jesus thorns on them. These viney things. And Tony said, man, Tony Simpson, you should just cut those down. Those are just, you know, those are weeds. And, and even my donkey, and they all stay away from them because they're just terrible, viney, spiky trees. And so when you look at what God chose to get Moses' attention in the middle of the desert, 
wasn't a giant anything. It was this scrub brush, just an old, nasty, spiky bush. And he looks over and he sees it, and inside the bush is this flickering fire. And in that fire, the voice of the Lord came. Now, listen, on Father's Day today, hear me say this, listen to this. The fire didn't burn the tree. The tree wasn't on fire, but the fire was in the tree. Do you know what I'm saying? In the bush. Some of our fathers, some of our mothers are a little prickly. Always making a point. Spiky. Harsh. That pain that they can be inflicted by a parent that you have maybe felt this morning. Maybe they're not on fire, but I would like to suggest to you this morning that the reason we can honor them is because the fire can still be in the situation. The word is sina, by the way, that tree that it was, the Hebrew, the, uh, the Hebrew word, the idea was of, the, it was called a sina, this brush, this prickly bush. And what I've got to remember what I hope that you can remember. And this applies, if you've got a great father, let me tell you, God's still going to find a way to get you to the desert. So it applies. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's your spouse. (laughs) God will find a way to get you to the desert, not because he's mad or because he's mean, but because he knows that's how you're going to hear him. When you think about it, if your parents, what's floating around these days is, man, get your kids to put down their technology. It's like the common word at our house is put down your thing, your TV. Your... So you could go out and think. And, you know, one of the things that we've missed out in our society is just the idea of being bored. We got to have noise. We got to be. But when the Lord is speaking to us, in, even in our bored moments at our house, we're trying to put down the electronics. But more so than that, in areas of pain, when you're feeling like this bush, like Moses, in fact, this is the thing you just stayed away from at all costs if you could, but God drew him there anyway. And what I have been praying through and thinking about this week is this. Is it possible that even though maybe my dad's not on fire, so to speak, that the fire could still be in the situation? And that God can still speak to me in a way? And I think that that's true because I think back over my life, and my dad was, is a uh, really nice guy. Everybody loves Clancy. His nickname is Clancy. Clarence. It's a good Nebraska name. <laughs> but he's just super quiet and was never very involved. And, and you know, silence can sometimes be as loud as shouting. But I think back over that with my life, and had my dad have been what I had thought, you know, the Ward Cleaver thing. I'm sure I would have had lots of amazing things happen in my life and do great. But when I look on the other side of that coin, at at the youngest age I can remember, I I was able to learn how to make money and sell night crawlers and shovel sidewalks and mow yards because if we were going to get a swimming pass that year, that's how it was going to happen. But then later in life, as we were starting out on our own in young marriage, I've started two or three companies over time, and entrepreneurship was just part of who I was. I don't know if that would have been who I was had my father have not had a little bit of fire going on in it. 
Maybe, maybe not. And I can honor him because even in the good and the bad, I turned out okay. Because God was in that situation and at a young age I thought, okay, I'm not going to be like this. I'm going to be like this instead. And so while one of my most common memories growing up, and maybe it was yours too, was of taillights, I want my kids' memories to be of being in the car. They don't even see the taillights because they're going with me. Ashley got to go with me to the woods. Maddie's going with me to Guatemala. We took the kids fishing. I just, I'm reacting in a different way than maybe I would have because I understand how it felt. God, my dad might not have been on fire, understand, but the fire was still in the situation and God still spoke to me from that situation. And I can honor him for that and honor him knowing that he was raised in a, an extremely abusive situation. His father was a raging alcoholic. So bad that my dad, when he graduated high school, lied on his army application, tried to go to Vietnam because he just wanted to get out of the house. It was that bad. When he was 11 years old, he had the honor, the whatever you want to call it, the sadistic of getting to dig the grave of his five-year-old dead brother in a frozen Mankato, Kansas cemetery. I didn't know that till I was an adult. He never said anything. And I look back now and think, oh, he was just trying to protect us. He didn't want us to know. And I can honor him. You think, oh, Darren, you have just completely rained on Father's Day. But understand this. If you've been a part of a family where you didn't have that, you are just as common as somebody who has had it. In fact, in our society and what's coming down the pipeline, you younger kids know that this is more common than what we've had. But you can still honor your parents. And that's the good news. That's the great news of the gospel. Because our sins, whether it's my sins, my father's sins, my grandfather's sins. Because you might be saying, hey, Darren, that's great. What about your grandfather? What about your dad? What happens in that? And what, are they, what, what about them? I'm glad you asked. You see, Paul would say to the church at Thessalonica, you are my crown. Your gems, your stars, you're my crown of reward of what God has done. And Jesus would also have a crown. If you remember in Matthew 27, where they took a crown of thorns. Sina, the, the Sina, the, the same bush that Moses was spoken to from was placed on Jesus' head. And I say this this morning as a word of promise to you, that that crown, it says, was beaten into his forehead and blood spilled from his head. But guess what? The blood covered the thorns. And so my father's sins and your father's sins, just like my sins and your sins, are forgiven. It says all manner of sin, except one, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, for those that would reject the work that Christ has done, that would say, I will have you not to be the Lord over my life. That is the sin that isn't forgiven, but every other sin is covered. And when you think about it, the sharpness, the pain, the thing that maybe have happened in your life from your father, a grandfather, or whatever, a boss, you know, it applies across the board. 
We can honor our parents because the blood that cleansed me, that cleanses you, cleanses them as well. It covers your dad. It covers your grandpa. It covers your mom, your grandma, us. And because of that, I can honor my parents this morning. You can honor your parents. And I have one more thought before we worship. If you've had a skewed version of your dad, if you've lost your dad, if you've, your dad is in heaven now, go with me to the book of Luke and we're going to end on this. There's this idea of a dad that might be skewed for you because of it. Jesus would actually tell a parable in Luke chapter 11 when he talked about praying and teach us how to pray. The disciples came to him and the Lord's Prayer. This is a parallel passage to Matthew. But look what he says in verse 5. If you're in Luke 11, I'd love for you to go there because there's something here that is a promise that not only are our dads forgiven, that not only are we forgiven, we can honor our parents, but our heavenly Father really wants to play that role in our lives as well. Look at this in verse 5. He said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and he gives, comes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine is on a journey, has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. In verse 7, then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are already with me in bed. I can get up and give you, uh, I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, that he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because the man's boldness, in other words, because he's being kind of a jerk, he will get up and give him as much as he needs just to get him to go away. But verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Now, I used to stop there and I never really thought about it beyond that. But if I'm really honest and I read that, the whole knocking trying to get the door open so God can answer my prayer. I'm just begging you, please, God. That's, that doesn't feel like a very loving father to me. The, the harassing you, trying to get you to come. Please, come on, man, wake up, I need you. But it didn't stop there, did it? Listen, listen to what else he said. So which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will he give him a snake Instead, or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you don't hear anything else I say this morning, and it's possible, but hear this. I'm not so sure that in this parable that you and I are the friend knocking on the door. I have reasons and thought processes about what he was referring to. He was talking to Jewish men about how they should pray. But my question to you is, the friend is outside knocking. Where are the children? They're in bed with dad. They're inside already. I've told my kids here, you know, there's an office here, which is kind of funny still to me that there's an office. But I've told my kids that you don't have to knock on that door. 
I'm your dad. Just come barging in. I'm your dad. My kids don't knock on the door of the pantry at our house. They don't knock on the front door. They just walk in because they're children. They're mine. And being my son, my daughter's, comes with benefits. How much more, our Heavenly Father? If you feel like you're on the outside looking in today, and it's maybe because you've had a skewed version of a father because of what happened to you or what you've seen happen to others, can I just say to you this morning that your Heavenly Father, the door's unlocked. You don't have to knock. Walk in. When he says, I give you the keys of the kingdom, you got a key. Walk in. Ask him for what you need. The answer may not always be yes, but let me tell you, there's always a spot. You've always got a room. There's always a place in bed. There's a place at the table from a father that loves his children. And on this Father's Day, maybe your dad took a walk and you've been on the backside of the desert. Maybe you, like Moses, can feel that it's a little dry, a little arid, but maybe the Lord today wants to speak to you through that pain and that dryness and that aridness and bring you and invite you into a relationship much deeper, much more profound than what you could possibly understand of a loving father that says, if I, you as a heavenly or an earthly father, your kid asks you for bread, you're not going to give him a snake. How much more would your heavenly father and I believe that by the way the reason and you musicians can join me there's a reason why he actually says here in this parallel passage about giving you the Holy Spirit to all who ask because when I have the Holy Spirit inside of me and I know that I have this relationship with my father then no matter how much or how little I have physically I know that I still have he's my father and it was never about how much I could get out of him it was about the relationship I could have with him. And the Holy Spirit is the promise. Jesus said that he was going to send the Holy Spirit as a comforter, a counselor. He said it was better if I go away. How is that possible that it's better? It's better because in those days you had to knock on the door. You had to cut a hole in the roof. You had to push through the crowd. But the Holy Spirit coming on the earth and indwelling each and every one of us means I got a front place in line. That the door is unlocked. I no longer have to stand on the outside and beg and plead and knock in the hopes that maybe he'll open the door and throw me a bone. You're not the neighbor. You're not the friend. You are his child. And today as we worship, my prayer for you is first off that we'll honor our parents through the good and the bad, for those of you that had a great dad and a great mom and it was awesome, praise the Lord. How awesome. And for those of you who don't, praise the Lord. Because God can speak to you in that as well. And for all of us, if your example of an earthly father was amazing and awesome, man, God's even more awesome than that. And if your example of an earthly father was not so good, Man, praise the Lord, because God is way more awesome than that. And the same blood that forgives you will forgive them. And because of that, the blood that was shed, I can honor my parents. I can honor my mom and my dad. My mom, who looks over as part of those great cloud of witnesses. And my dad, who still pray for that that fire would not just be in him, but would consume him as well. 
Today we've got communion available. We have it available every Sunday, but I think a great way to honor our Heavenly Father, even to honor our own fathers, is a memory and remembering, doing this in remembrance of Him, that that blood that was shed, that cleanses, that covered the thorns, that covered the crown of thorns, that cleanses ourselves, that it's a great way to remind it as we take a cracker and dip it in this juice as a reminder of a body that was broken, of blood that was shed, that on this Father's Day, because of that work, I don't have to knock on the door anymore. It's available to me and to you. Would you pray with me, Father? Heavenly Father, thank you for this God idea of a Father's Day. But might it be Father's Day every day for us that we honor our parents every day. Today we might do it uniquely and we might do it with a little extra oomph, but might we every day honor them. And in the same way, Lord, that you paid for the sins of our fathers and of our grandfathers and you paid for mine too. As a reminder, today, Lord, we want to participate and just take a moment to remember what you did with these symbols of crackers and juice. Might they be more than that to us today as a reminder of what you did for us. And Lord, I say a prayer this morning too for those who have lost our parents who have gone on to be with you. Would you be with them in a unique way, in a special way, and love on them this morning as a reminder that we're children, your children, and that if our fathers are, have stepped into eternity, that you can, you can love us and we can experience you in unique and beautiful ways today. It's in your name that we pray. Happy Father's Day. Amen.